Today is April 17th. The Pirates split a four-game series in St. Louis, including two 10-inning games. Let's break down the series and talk about the starting pitching as of late. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, sir? Doing well. A little sunburnt. Yeah? Yep. Got the old uh, lipstick on today. <laughs> Get out there and play some ball. Yeah, but... Uh, it's weird. You put on sunscreen and the lips seem to always be one of the last things. I don't think about them. Yeah. And so either. they get burnt. And now like this, it looks like I have lipstick on. <laughs> so if you're on YouTube, you're going to be like, really, dude? But if not, you could just pretend I didn't say that and everything's normal. <laughs> I I fall under the, I mean, I got red hair, but I mm-hmm. fall under the myth of a hot shower. Like after a sunburn, the really, really like as hot as you can stand it shower. And people think I'm crazy for it, but I, I think it makes it feel better. It doesn't help it heal in the slightest. So anything that you read on it is going to be like, it's a myth. It's not for the healing process. <laughs> it is because when I get out, I feel better. Yeah. And then I take cool showers. I, I usually don't vary my temperature in my showers. No matter what the situation. Yeah. I come in from sweating and cutting grass and everything, and I still take a hot shower. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Okay. I hate cold water. Can't stand it. Okay. So, well, that's that. That's that. We talked about that, and everybody's really happy that that's the conversation we started with. <laughs> Everybody wanted to know about our showers. <laughs> So the Pirates split hey, a... At least yeah, we're clean. We are, yeah. At okay. least we're clean. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Pirates split, split a series with the Cardinals, and uh, I tweeted this out before today's loss, or after today's loss. If you'd have told me Thursday morning that we would go to St. Louis and split a series, I'd have been happy. But about 20 minutes before the game was over, I thought, we have to win this game. <laughs> yeah. We're in the position right now to win this game. It has to be won. And so you're really devastated at a two-game split or a four-game split. But it was like, okay, let's calm down. Let's take a step back. This is fine. Yeah. This is what you want to do. In any, like, if you're a good team, you go on the road for a four-game series, you'd like a split. Anything better is bonus. So I'm not going to say this was a failure. This this is okay. Yeah. All right, so we're going to break down the games. Um, we're going to talk about what happened. Uh, we're going to we got some player updates, obviously, to talk about, get into uh, some transactions, and starting pitching is definitely on the things that we're going to talk about. Um, that has uh, been a, a strength. Um, but a four-game series, so a lot to get into. Let's start off with transactions. All right. So we've got, because we had quite a few, four different, like specifically different, so eight different players involved. Chase DeYoung goes to the injured list. Uh, Robert Stevenson activated from the injured list. Heineman went to Indy. 
uh, for hedges to be activated. Um, that was kind of a that's kind of a sneaky one. A lot of people, uh, myself included, who I wasn't even thinking about it. I think we probably talked about it this offseason. That doesn't mean I remembered that. But Heineman actually does have options, so he's just on the forty man, and we sent him down. So he's available to come back up. It's not a DFA situation by any stretch. I think Delay even has an option, so it could have been either. But um, anyway, Hedge is activated. The next day, G Man Choi goes to the injured list, and Marcano was recalled, which was kind of interesting because we thought, well, Marcano should have been recalled anyway, and Matthias was. Yeah. But now, okay, if one other man's got to go down, Marcano's the one that's earned the the the, the call up. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, Sunday, it, uh, because of Saturday's game, Robert Zestrizny goes to the injured list and Johan Ramirez was recalled. So is there anyone left on the 40-man roster? I should have pulled up the roster. I can pull it up real quick. But is there anyone left now on that 40-man that's not here? Are we all injured <laughs> in here? No, we still got Yuri De Los Santos. Mike Burrows is listed, but we know that that's going to be a long-time thing. I'm Colin mm-hmm. Selby. Oh, and Eli, the, the the guy we that we claimed off waivers, Eli, yeah, um, Villa Lobos. I'm gonna go with Villa Lobos. I haven't looked it up yet, so I apologize if that's wrong. I always look them up to make sure. I haven't looked him up yet. Um, so we do have a couple. Obviously Luis Ortiz, but I'm not talking about. I said Burroughs, but Luis Ortiz as well. But that's not a reliever. But okay, so yeah, those are our moves. Yeah. Um, just to just to say, Tuka Pete has been tearing up AAA. Yeah, so I'm glad to see him in Pittsburgh. Yep, for He's sure. Batting over 400, just just lighting it up down there, and that's what you that's what you want. The guy didn't crack the opening day roster. Go down there with a fire and say, "Yeah, you didn't want me, but watch this. Be better." Yep, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we go into the games, um, Thursday we get the dub. Uh, Connor Joe, Rodolfo Castro hit their first homers of the year. Uh, Kutch, Santana hit two doubles. Kutch hit a double. Hayes hit a double. And it was uh, the continuation of the starting pitching being good, which we're going to talk about later. But Vince Velasquez had his first re- uh, really good outing. Six innings of shutout baseball, six strikeouts, a couple walks. Uh, and the the bullpen was great too. We shut out St. Louis in the first game, five nothing. Um, and let me see, we got that's really it. I mean, this game was it was was Joe and Castro back to back. Yeah, the same yeah, inning. Yeah. They were back to back. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe had a couple hits in that one. We said Santana had the two doubles. Uh, those were his two hits. Um, so that's kind of it for for that win. It was really one sided matchup. Um, Jordan Montgomery was the pitcher that I was most nervous about. Uh, not most nervous. Yeah, most nervous about coming into the series. And he, I he was all right still. It was most against the bullpen in the eighth. But then the loss Friday, where the script was completely flipped. It was all St. Louis. Well, I say it was all St. Louis. It really wasn't either. Mm-mm. It was a three nothing game. We got shut out, but like they didn't do much either. They had one extra base hit. Donovan hit a double. Um. Gorman got the two RBIs, uh, and Contreras got one. But Arenado was three for three. I mean, he's Arenado still. But um, but the Pirates, interestingly enough, everybody but one got a hit and only one hit. 
And likewise, everyone but one got struck out. And nobody struck out more than once. So, uh, for the record, it was Connor Joe without a hit and Andrew McCutcheon without a strikeout. So, kind of one of those weird nights where everyone was okay, but it doesn't really, it doesn't. Just never, never okay at the same time. Sure. Um, But the story of that for for the Pirates side of things was Johan Oviedo with his best start, uh, just kept us in the game all the way through. Really incredible start. Seven innings, one run, one walk, and ten strikeouts, including, uh, am I right in this? He struck out the side in the seventh, right? I believe so. I think he did, yeah. I Or, or am I thinking of Contreras on Saturday? And eh, It doesn't matter. Yeah. Then we decided to throw Underwood in the eighth inning. Three hits, one walk. He did get one strikeout. That was the only out he got, but he gave up two runs. And listen, Underwood hasn't been bad, but you cannot keep putting him in games in the eighth inning. He will be a good pitcher for us if you just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what, it's his career, dude. Like these are career numbers. He is historically bad in the eighth inning. Maybe it's just like a bugaboo, a little, who knows what you call it, but he, he struggles to stop putting him in that position. Yeah. Anyway. Robert Stevenson gets his first action uh, this season and gets out of that inning. So we move on to Saturday. This was the exciting one. They get the win. Key Brian Hayes starts with the leadoff homer. You get a good outing from Roanzi where he came off a really bad one where control was the problem. He still walked three, but he seemed to get through it a lot better. Um, he got through six, two runs, uh, I mean, Hayes crushed that homer, by the way. Uh, Castro tied it in the eighth uh, with his hit, and then it went into extras after Holderman and Bednar did their thing in the eighth and ninth. Uh, More on this later, but um, looks like we had the Kutch leadoff homer, leadoff two-run homer, first one by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. Because it shouldn't happen ever. Right. But works that it did, so whatever. Um, and then ended up still getting one more run and winning six to yeah. three, um, with Moreta getting him. Mm. <laughs> Greg Brown, you're killing me, dude. You're the only person on the planet that says Moreta, and it gets me to say Moreta because I have to listen to it so much. Moreta gets the save, first one with the Pirates, second save of his career. Uh, then we dropped the game today, where we looked like we were in position to win it. Uh, got our run in the tenth, and then. Uh, it got away from Will Crow in the in the bottom. So, um, Mitch Keller, great start, another quality start. Um, kind of like not great for him, which is right. a good thing to say yeah. that he still ends up with a quality start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how can you be mad? He gave up a two run homer in the sixth inning, right. like he was that close. Was there? I think it was two outs, right? Yeah. This is just one, two outs. No, there was two outs. So almost there. Uh, Hayes led off that game with a triple. Sawinski a double and a single in this game. Um, Arenado was talked about way too much by Joe Block, but since we're done with the series, it's worth noting he was very good this entire series. Um, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon in particular had a ton of hits taken away from him. Um, two more today. Has a great series if he's not playing third. Yeah. If any average third baseman is playing third, Kutch has a great series. Mm-hmm. 
he shined. There was a series last year where he did not shine against the Pirates, and Key Bryan did. He made several really good plays, and it was the same sort of thing where it looked like they were frustrated that that Key Bryan was making those plays. Yeah. And we made a note of it, so I think it's only fair that we make a note of it happening the other way around. Not that Key had a bad series by any stretch, but the fact that right. we made a note right. that Arenado did not have a great series defensively. He made two errors in that series. I think it's fair to make a note that he was spectacular in this series. Did the, I want to talk about one play of his, and it's the it's going to be one that no one else talks about, almost guarantee. I forget who hit the double. They hit a double to down the third baseline. Ball comes in, not a good shot to get the runner, so obviously the third baseman's going to cut it off. Arenado just freaking bare hands it and throws the second. <laughs> like... You just barehanded a relay, a cutoff. Like, I think seriously, I do remember that. That was impressive. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's yeah. enough. That's just one of the things, right? <laughs> yeah. He really, I mean, that's fine. And he also hit. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that was it. That's all we're going to talk about, Arenado, because Joe Block did enough. Sure. I, once again, I think it's worth Joe Block saying it. He just didn't have to mm-hmm. say it every inning for the first four innings. <laughs> Um, what about the, uh, our pitching staff holding Jordan Walker, who's been absolutely on fire? Is he one for 14 in the series? Yeah, Jordan Walker, a hit in his first 12 major league games coming into this, and we shut him down 0, 0, 0 for 4. And then he sat a game, played Saturday, went 0 for 4 again, went 1 for 5 today. So, yeah, and a big strikeout late in the game. Mm hmm. Yeah, the intentional walk to get to him. Yeah. He does not look 20, by the way. No. Like, his face Mm -hmm. tells me he's 32. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Like, when you look at it, because, you know, when you look at, like, go look at a picture of McCutcheon when he broke into the league, which he wasn't 20, right? Right. And he looks like a young player, especially looking back. I don't know what Jordan Walker is going to look like when he's McCutcheon's age. But it might be something like what Julio Franco looks like today. <laughs> he just doesn't look young. He doesn't have a baby face by any stretch of the imagination. No. The guy looks like a grown man. Yeah. And and that's not saying his looks carry you, but I mean his body, his whole body, like every his features <laughs> are just not of a 20-year-old. And that's how you make it to the bigs by the time you're 20. That's true. That's true. Okay. Enough on that. I don't know why think the things that I do sometimes, <laughs> but you know, that's how it works. Uh, yeah. So pitching in general, starting pitching, we're going to talk about this. Um, actually I'm, let's just go right into it. Five straight starts with six or more innings, only two runs given up by this starting pitching. Um, that was busted today, but not, I mean, not really busted. It's still six straight quality starts. Yeah. So we don't have to worry about the whole two runs. Let's just start this one. Six straight quality starts by our starting pitching, which is more than one time through the rotation. Um, If they can continue this, uh, I I feel pretty good about the Colorado series. And then we go to Cincinnati. We talked about this being a long stretch of games. We are now... Through the Cardinals series, which means we're through the tough part of it. 
What's tough from here out is the fact that we're still playing every day. Yeah. But we're out of the, like the hard stretch. We're out of the White Sox, Astros, Cardinals. Now it's Rockies, Reds, seven days, seven games. You get a break after this. And we're talking about the teams that we should be winning. Now we have three in Colorado, and then we have four at home against the Reds before a day off. And then you have the Dodgers coming to town. So, you know, let's right now we're only going to, you know, we're going to get into the Rockies and everything, but it's the idea that like your starting pitching is good right now. If this can ride through the next week, you're going to end up with a pretty good April. Yeah. I didn't think we'd say this at the end of April, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I didn't either. Um, It's, it's been a very pleasant surprise. And the team's not like we're not we're not like lighting the world on fire right now, Mm-mm. you know what I mean? Like we're we're playing good baseball. We're still just I mean we're nine and seven. This could flip upside down at any moment, mm-hmm. but I like going into these seven games at nine and seven. Yeah. It, so you know, it, it, I worry a little bit about the the quality start streak just because you're going to be in Colorado. In Colorado, but. that's fair. Yep. Does that change in the four in the seventh? I don't think so. I think it's six and three. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so changed. whether it's seven Same. three or anything like that, I don't think it matters. So, but the starting pitching has been really good. I mean these these lines all the way through. I mean we just talked about the ones here. Velasquez went six and zero runs. Oviedo seven and one run. Contreras six and two, and then Keller six and three. But even before that, you had. Uh, the Keller start and the Rich Hill start. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they can ride that, the bullpen hasn't been anything that's been awful. Holderman right. and Bednar are doing their thing. Um, Underwood outside of the eighth inning has been decent. Uh, Will Crow doesn't get used very much. Strisney's now hurt, but Jose Hernandez hasn't been bad. Uh, Moretta's been very good, I would say, in comparison mm-hmm. to what you would probably expect at this point in the season. So, you know, you win games by pitching. It looks like they're doing that. There's been some guys that have been good and some guys that are bad at the plate. But overall, they're playing good baseball right now. And if your starting pitching can get you in every single game, then, you know, let's wake the bats up a little bit. Let's get some guys moving. Yeah. Uh, Key Brian Hayes, for one, needs to get moving. Brian Reynolds needs to get moving again. Yeah. Um, And then outside of that, somebody step up. On the side of guys who are stepping up, Rodolfo Castro has been hot. He's ever since the O'Neill injury, he's been on base every game. Mm-hmm. Some of those games, two and three hits. Um, finally got into the home run category this this uh, series, but he's had a little bit of luck. But he's also just had really good at bats. He's fought off tough pitches, and when you do that sort of thing, hits are going to fall. Yeah. I mean, we'd be silly. I mean, and I know it's very hard to ever talk about Rodolfo Castro without talking about Juan Bay or talk about Juan Bay without talking about Rodolfo Castro. Because if everybody's here and everybody's good, they're competing for second base at their yeah. natural position. And I know that Bay can play some center field, and I know that Castro can fill in at short and third, and Bay at short as well. But for their starting position, they're competing. Yeah. And... So it's kind of hard not to talk about it. Bay was that early on. I mean, we saw that. Like he's he's been that great in this game, and then nothing until the next time he's great. Right. But he's had those flashes of great, 
And sometimes it's like, well, if you got a guy who's just like meh and a guy who's great every once in a while, you start the guy who's great every once in a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But like Bay got lucky a few times with a couple of his hits and you know what I'm saying? And so like mm-hmm. when you are going good, that happens. Uh, and that's happened, you know, just with a couple of the bloop hits that, that Castro has gotten. They've fallen where guys can't get to them. Right. But that's got to happen, right? This is baseball. He also probably hits it on the screws, you know, three times and gets out. So, it, you know, you, you talk about it, you know, the baseball thing, it evens itself out kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. not always true, but that's something that you say in baseball. Um, line drive in the box score, right? One of those yep. things. Yep. But Castro's been heating up. Uh, let's make sure I'm on the last one here. We're looking at a 333 average, 442 on base. That's, I mean, for 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 what we saw at the beginning of the season when he wasn't playing every day, and we kind of said, man, you know, this guy needs to see more plate appearances, and then he gets a chance to see more plate appearances, he's certainly making the best of it. He was actually starting yeah. to make the best of it before that. Mm-hmm. But now he's he really is. Yeah, he's he's seeing the ball well. He's both sides of the plate. He's starting to hit well. So yeah, and against lefties, obviously that's that's been the thing for him. He's been good against lefties, but hitting. I always think it's funny when you say like, but hitting left-handed, he struggles. And I I don't think about that because I have all of these thoughts in my head of like, no man, he I, all of the his home run swings, I I see them all left-handed. But I went back and looked, and I was like, yeah, he had. Five of them left-handed and six of them right-handed and a way less at-bats. Yeah. He really does thump lefties, and I, I I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. but I hadn't either. Um, but on the same sense, uh, not quite as much uh, success, but on the same sense, Jack Swinski. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he's looked really good lately. Um, I, I saw, um, was it, wow, the starter, Michaelis. He threw him a very tough curveball, started about chest high and dropped out of the zone low on two strikes, and he just just spit on it like it was nothing. Like he's not chasing. He really is not chasing. And he hasn't been chasing all year. And we talked about that possibly being his problem. Not not chasing, but a lack of aggression. And um, I just pulled up his page here. 94th percentile in chase rate. But his whiff percentage is still in the eighth. Like he's still swinging and missing. His mm-hmm. barrel rate's high. His hard hit rate is high. Average exit velocity's high. All the things that you would expect, his walk percentage is even up to the 70th, which you can tell there's something very specific that Jack Swinsky's trying to do. Open up your stance. Get both eyes on the ball. Vision has been very important. I do not want to chase. I do not want to chase. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And he, it's not that he chased a ton last year either, but it's one of those things where you can t- actually, geez, I just pulled that up and I, he's always been good at that. 75th percentile on chase rate, 84th in walk percentage. So it's, I don't know, kind of interesting. He just strikes out a lot. He swings and misses, man. And I do feel like he's behind. Uh, maybe that's something specific he's working on where it's going to come around. Yeah. It's a it's a time thing. Definitely his at bats have been better lately. He's starting to he's starting to pull the trigger a little more often and and, and hit it harder. I saw I saw a couple things this this series where a, a tough two strike pitch and he's fouling it off. 
at least he's doing that. Yeah. But you know, you said he got the two hits today. The one in particular was was hit pretty hard. The single actually. Um, well, even the one, the double that he hit, like it just kept carrying. Mm-hmm. He sat back on a curveball really well. It dropped down in the zone. He barreled it up. And at first, I thought that uh, who's their right fielder? Is that Walker? Either what, way, the right today? fielder was yeah, yeah. Today it was Walker. I mean, it looked like he was going to make that catch, and it just kept carrying over him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are two good signs. Um, and in the same sense, uh, the one bad sign that we we've touched on last week, and it, and it just keeps continuing, is is Kanan Smith and Jigba, and this could be one of those. With consistent playing time, it works itself out. But this is the problem that you have. But also at the same time, like we we can't everybody can't have consistent plate appearances, right? So you have to make the best of the time that you're out there and figure out a way to get in a groove. It's not easy. We saw that from Castro. He started to work his way out of it before he started getting all the consistent playing time. Um, but the same thing with you could say the same thing with Bay. You could Connor Joe has been a good example of making the best of it. Right. Um, he gets put into his matchup situations and he's making the best of his opportunities. But um just trying to look through here real quick. I mean, I don't have his page pulled up here. Give me a second. Okay, we've got why is it it didn't there it is. It opened him up now. He's down to a 154 with a 258 on base. And the big thing for me is, um, man, they don't have – he hasn't played enough to have all of his, like, stat cast stuff up. That stinks. Anyway, I do have his numbers here. I thought I did. His K percentage right now is 46.2%. It's not going to cut it. And an 11.5% on the walk rate, which he chased another pitch today. And usually with guys who have a patient approach, I mean, are we are we talking about Jack Swinski when we say he's been patient, he's been walking, right? And you say that and you say, well, I'll have a little more time. I have more patience with a guy who is able to walk. Um, Swinski's walk rate right now is 12.5. His strikeout rate is 31.3. That's too much, but he is walking. He's not chasing, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at, you look at Smith and Jigba and you're like, oh, but he's not walking and he is chasing and he's also not hitting. Right. So, you know, you start looking at those sort of things. Um, 286 on base for Sawinski so far and hitting 200. So it's only slightly better, but you're seeing more signs of, of what you want to see. Mm-hmm. Where Smith and Jigba, and he's not getting as much at bats. So is that playing into it? I think it I certainly is. Yeah. I'm not going mean, to pretend it's not. Smith and Jigba right. could still, like, this isn't a thing for him where Jack Swinski had 19 home runs last year at major, in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. That is something that is worth it. You had 19 home runs in the show. You did it in the show. Right. That carries you, a lot of weight. I don't care 100%. what you did in AAA. If yep. if you're talking about a guy who did something in, in, at the major leagues, you've done it once, you can do it again. Yeah. Anything that you've done in the majors, you can repeat. You have the ability to repeat. Yep. And so that's what you're waiting for from him. You're just waiting for that thing to click with Smith and Jigba. And maybe, this is what I'm saying, he hasn't had the the time at the majors that Sawinski's had to put together a number like that. 
to put together some sort of success. We get to that 40 game mark, and I know I'm the only one that says 40 games, I think. Uh, not the only one, but that's what I've been saying, right? You get to sure. that 40 game mark, and this is still going. Yeah, maybe you make a switch. And, and it's Smith and Jigba. And we we had the guy in front of us at the home opener say, Are you guys going to talk about sending Sawinski down? Now, this is the home opener. <laughs> hey, let's have some patience. Yeah. And now you're looking at this saying, I don't think it's Sawinski. <laughs> I think it's Smith no. and Jigba because that's somebody who I think can turn that around. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, if you're listening to this, but I don't think that that's, this is part of Smith and Jigba's game. This is uh off character here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right. The, offensively, uh, that's basically where I'm at right now. We've got some, we've got some things mixing in here with Marcano being recalled. Matthias is probably going to lose a little bit of playing time because of that. Maybe a good thing. I mean, because of that or be, because he can't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> I mean, let's be serious. He's been brutal to watch at the major league level. Right. But once again, he's had success at the major league level. Something that Marcano has not done. Right. So yeah. if you're just... I'm telling you right now, any major league stats you have will outweigh anything you've done in the last three weeks in AAA every time. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, and Matthias has had success in short stints with the Rangers, specifically last year. Um, you know, that those are good numbers. And Marcano has never been able to do it, no matter how good he's been doing. He gets to the majors, and it hasn't happened. Not saying it won't. But I'm right. saying that's when when you want to talk about stuff like that, that's why you, that's why he gets the call first. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting because we have uh, we have a lefty against Colorado, very first game. We have a lefty the very last game, right? Austin Gomber's lefty too, right? Mm, I think so. Okay. I don't want to quote on that. All right. Either way, let's just pretend right now it is, and then later we'll find out. Um, when we when we talk about that, but um, if we have two lefties coming up, I mean, Matthias is going to play one of these games. You know what I mean? Like he's going to yeah. get in. He might play two of them. So yeah, he's a lefty. Okay, so we're good there. All right, so let's get into the one thing that I am eager to get into because we talk about a lot of things before we hit record, and I told you that today we were not going to talk about this because I want to save it because I want to hear I want to hear your whole thing. <laughs> um. Will Crow blows the save today, and we talked about how that was a, a tough loss, even though yeah. it just split a series on the road, which is good, or which is fine, I guess is how I'll say it. And you said, well, he shouldn't have had to. Yeah. So let's go. Let's talk about this, because this is something um, that I even tweeted out that I thought it was interesting. So go ahead. The floor is yours, yeah. man. <laughs> well, I mean... It if, if I'm at, if I'm at home and then the game is tied in the ninth inning, not every time, but I'm a hundred percent okay with your closer when you have a specific closer like we have in Bednar mm -hmm. to pitch that ninth inning. There's no safe situation gonna happen in that game. No matter what happens, you go to extras, whatever, no safe situation gonna happen. So I'm totally fine with throwing him in the ninth inning, and he's your you ninth know, inning guy. You're bet you're betting on your offense to win you the game in the ninth. You never bet on, you know, the the, the tenth inning. Yeah. But in a tie game, when you're on the road, I'm betting on the tenth inning. 
because I'm the only way to win that game is to score in the tenth. Um, that being said, I don't I don't necessarily like. I'm okay if you use your closer in the ninth, but I think with our pitching staff and the guys we had available, I would have just rather seen somebody else pitch the ninth inning. I probably wouldn't have thrown Holderman in the eighth. I probably would have went, you know, held off on Holderman to see if we could score. You know, maybe, maybe Holderman ends up getting the day off because we do score, and then you go to Bednar. But I'm, I'm not just. Then you're gonna to have to depend on Will Crow, or which who's never been good in pressure situations. He's got, <laughs> it's just been rough. I mean, he's got a save or two, but then look it up. I know he's he got a couple, one or two last year, but when he had to step in for Bednar, it, it wasn't pretty. And I just I, I don't like Crow after the seventh inning in any situation. Yeah, well, he did find the what was the home opener. He pitched the last three innings. Pitched the seventh, eighth, and ninth. He gave up two runs sure. in the ninth when we had an eight-run lead or whatever it was, not eight. Right. But, yeah, that was a very Seven run lead. non-stressed situation. Right. Multiple inning outing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, we need you to go and get these last three outs. But those are the only two runs he's given up all year. That's fine. Well, to be fair, in his three outings. That's fine. Three or four, you know what I mean? I so, still don't want to put him in in a pressure situation. And the dude looks like a deer in the headlights. I didn't think he looked like a deer in a headlights today. I didn't think the look on his face certainly wasn't, you know what I mean? Like I he looked fine. Um cuz I know I know that look. I know we used to talk about that with Mitch Keller. He didn't look mm-hmm. lost out there. But it's not about Will Crow for me. My thing is you're going to have to rely on him anyway. He was either going to pitch the ninth or he was going to pitch the 10th. I mean, you had other guys out there. I just wouldn't have used Crow. Well, you use Johan Ramirez? Yeah, why not? He's on your major league staff. <laughs> that's fair, but the I, thing, that's just the so way. Even, I, yeah, like I'm not. If it's, even if it's Johan Ramirez, even if it's Dowry Moretta who got the save the night before, you're mm-hmm. either going to rely on them to get you to extra innings, or you're going to rely on them to get a save. I don't think it matters. Like I do. Stay alive. Give your right. offense a chance. The only way to do that is to shut down that ninth inning. And give yourself a chance with a runner on second to get the run you need in the 10th. And then you never know what happens if you get to the 10th. And we, I mean, we scored three runs on Saturday. That made Mm -hmm. a difference. What happens if you go to the 10th and you score six runs? Then you're still not going to use Bednar and you got away with it. But you could have, you could have. What happens if you put in, if you put in Crow in the ninth instead of Bednar and they just win in the ninth? Is it any different? I think so. You'd rather... Why? Why is that different? Well, first off, I still wouldn't have used Crow. So let's just take his <laughs> name completely out of this. It, yeah, because, it doesn't matter. Because you... if I would have... If I would... This is this is opinionated me, you know. If I would have been running things, somebody else would have pitched the eighth. Holderman would have been in the ninth. And then I would have had Bednar in the tenth. If we were still tied and if, if, we're, if we don't have the lead... Mm-hmm. In the eighth inning, I don't know. I don't know it's man. it's tough. If you're it's tied, tough. you want to stay tied. Yeah, you're right. You want to stay tied. You do. And but you have but two you got to use other guys. You have two guys right now that you can rely on. Outside of that, you don't. Period. You don't have them. They're not there. Well, you have three guys you can rely on as long as it's not the eighth inning. But we're talking about Underwood's the eighth been inning. good. Because Underwood's been good in the seventh. 
but we're talking about the eighth inning. Underwood pitched in the seventh. Right. So he's already pitched. My fear was they were going to leave him in. <laughs> no, I think you I think you plan if it's a tie game, you plan on your offense scoring. And so you say Holderman's your eighth, Bednar's your ninth. And if you don't score, you still keep that. I don't I'm not I'm not sold on you keep it. I don't have a problem with it because my reasoning for that is that you need to get out of that anyway. You are going to have to rely on Moretta or Crow. Or was I don't Mar- even know. Was Moretta unavailable today? Well, he threw yesterday. He threw the day before that. I would okay, imagine so yeah, he, was he was unavailable. He got the save yesterday. He did not throw the day before that, but he threw the two days before that. But he did just throw yesterday. And we've seen how balanced they're using the bullpen, and they should. If he threw mm-hmm. the day before, they'd like to not use him. When you have Will Crow, who hadn't pitched in six days, right? Yeah. You have him available. He needs to pitch. You are going to rely on him to step up. You have to. If he loses you the game, then it's on him. But he's going to lose it for you in the ninth or the tenth. No, and I and I, I agree with that. It's on him. It's not on Shelton. I'm not blaming Shelton for this. I think Shelton's done an excellent job this year. Um, I just I, I don't I don't know. I just don't. And that's, I, I don't want to use my closer on the road unless you're in the save situation. And and I and I understand that because that's what we've talked about for a long time. That's always been the thing. You don't use him unless you're winning, right? Mm-hmm. I think in this scenario, you're up against the Cardinals. You have an opportunity on the road to get a series win. I actually, I actually don't have a problem throwing him in the ninth and and telling somebody else in the bullpen, I'm I'm gonna need you to do this anyway, regardless yeah. if it's now or never. I'd rather prolong that as long as I can and give my offense an opportunity than just to lose it then. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sound too critical of this because, like, I don't have a big issue with it. It's a small issue with it, right? And and like when when we had Moretta right there in the first time, the first game or the third game, but first game we had this situation, and I I trust Moretta. You know what I mean? Like mm. I'll trust Moretta to get the save because he was available to me. If he's not available this game, I'm going to make somebody step up in the ninth inning with the tie game rather than if we can get the lead, mm-hmm. trust some you know somebody else to get those last three outs if you get the lead. That's just my opinion, and I, I don't blame Shelton for this. Yeah, uh, Will Crow just needed to step up and do his job. He, Will Crow, I will say this for Will Crow, uh, and you know, not to cut you off, I know that you've, you've made that point. Mm-hmm. Will Crow, you know, but I will say this. Will Crow, we were very excited about last year, about halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. He started to earn, eh, maybe not even earn. He started to be he started to be put in positions that he hadn't been yet. He was being mm-hmm. used in a way that we thought was very effective. It looks like that's the plan to use him in that way this year. And mm-hmm. I still think it's going to be very effective. But when he was put into positions to fill in for Bednar, when they were trying to find it, first off, there was nobody there. Right. And he had already been overused just as Bednar was. Mm -hmm. I think being critical of Will Crow for what he did in the back half of last season is incredibly unfair because of that. He's, He's not shown us that he's a bad pitcher yet. He did as a starter, right? And I'm not saying he's not, because I'm not. 
I'm not, I don't, I don't believe he is a back end, like great. He's the answer, right? But right. I think he's a major league relief pitcher. Yeah. Who even after this blown save to this point today has a better ERA so far than Dowry Moretta. <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. every bit as capable of getting us out of that 10th inning that Dowry Moretta, Moretta is. I just think Moretta has more swing and miss stuff, and you already got a guy on second. It doesn't feel that way because we remember, because we can't forget, that he struggled last year in these in these situations. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of those guys where you say, "Okay, we got through the eighth, we got through the ninth. We're given, we've given our offense every opportunity we could. Now we're putting in Will Crow. Hey, Will, you're going three innings if it goes that long." Whether we score or not, Will Crow goes in in the, in the 10th inning. It's not about a save situation. It's about, okay, we're in extra innings. I need three. Now now the ball goes to Will Crow. If we take a lead, you're going to have to take us home. Like, it's up to you. I just think at some point you're going to rely on that guy. Now, you could say put him in in the ninth, and then you're going to pitch until, until we take the lead. And then we're going to put in Bednar. You could do that. But personally, if... If if Will Crow wasn't going to get it done, then he just wasn't going to get it done. And if he did get you three innings of scoreless pitching, then he would have just got the save in the tenth. It was yeah, either going to be his day or it wasn't. I can kind of agree with that. I, I think I think setting him up, I think setting Will Crow up with a guy on second base with no outs is it's a tough situation for him. It's also he just doesn't. It's also just a tough a situation for David Bednar, who would have given who would have given this up too. It, it it is a tough situation for Bednar, but Bednar, Moretta, Holderman, those guys have more swing and miss stuff than Will Crow. I think you're going to have to field more balls with Will Crow on the mound, and just even if he gets the three straight guy or two straight guys to get out, it still might be the run that ties the game. Yeah. So if Bednar pitches in the tenth with a guy on second, Edmund grounded out to first, guy moves up to third, Donovan got a hit that probably would have scored the run. That was the play that Marcano, it was a, it was the high chopper over Bednar's head. Marcano came in, just absolutely was never going to make that play. He got to it as quick as he could, made the throw. There was no way you were getting Donovan at first. On that ball, the run scores. Even did, if he even if he gets him out at first, the run scores. Right. Did he did he have to face those guys in the tenth inning? Would he have, he have faced the same hitters that he faced in the ninth and the tenth? No, no, no he would have. So then he would have faced. He would have faced Arenado. Right. He would have faced Contreras. Mm -hmm. He would have faced Gorman, who was the hot hitter of the day. Mm -hmm. So it would have been even harder for him. But I'm just saying, it's it's still different people. You can't take what he did and what the actual hits he gave up and say, well, this is what he would have done in the 10th inning. I Well, I'm still saying <laughs> this is what he did, though. So all yeah. I'm saying is, you're, would you rather set up Will Crow with that or or keep David Bednar going like he's going? I'm sorry. I just want, I want Bednar to shut it down. I'm not, like I said, I don't think it matters. That's my argument. I don't think it matters. You have to rely on Will Crow to give you an inning. Whether it's the ninth or the tenth, I don't care. He's either going to come through or he's not. And me personally, I'm okay with the fact of throwing Bednar in this in this situation because you're giving him a clean inning to shut it down 
and give your bats one more chance before a, before I, you go to somebody else. This is something I want to look at. If if you give up the Manford runner, is that an earned run? No. Good. Because that would be garbage. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, Will Crow only gives up one run in this game. Mm -hmm. Earned run. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. That would be garbage. So either way, my only argument in this, and I think this is a great conversation because I think there's a lot of people that are going to be thinking this same thing because they did it two nights in a row. And on the road, it's always been a thing that you save your you save your closer. So I'd like to hear from everybody else what you guys think on this. If if you think a you love it and you always want like because there's some guys who say no, he's my eighth inning guy, he's my ninth inning guy. I don't care what the situation is, unless we're blowing a team out or getting blown out, he's my ninth inning guy or tied or lead anyway, right? And then there's other people who say no, it's a safe situation, safe situation, you know. There's a reason they they created the the whole statistic for those for the guys who go into game like you should consider that, right? And I also think that if you're gonna if you're gonna say blown saves, uh, and and then give yourself like a percentage, they need to include holds in that blown saves thing. You get a blown save if you blow a hold, right? And so they mm -hmm. when they say saves and save opportunities, it looks like it looks like one thing, but you also could throw in all the holds because mm -hmm. those were all opportunities to get a blown save just because they weren't opportunities to get a save. That's not fair. Right. Anyway. Right. Um, so I think this is a really interesting conversation. I, I, I just, I would like to hear what, it, what other people think. And I think there's just one way to put it. You can say ninth inning guy, you could say save situation only, or you could say it really doesn't matter. I'm for me, I'm in that other camp. You were always going to have to get another inning from someone. We you already established that when the bottom of the ninth comes up. Um, and and when you're thinking about that and you're thinking about, well, we got to get him warming up. Uh, to me, I'm just like, you know what? We're going to score in the ninth inning, warm him up now. You know what I mean? Instead of having yeah. two guys, and then because then what happens is he warms up and he never comes in, and that sucks too because then you kind of wasted. You know, sometimes you warm up like that and you're like, well, I basically pitched. You know what I mean? Like, you know how they do that sometimes where they say, yeah, but he's been warming up twice. He can't go in now. Now he's not available because he warmed up earlier and now now he's gone cold again. You can't do that again. A lot yeah. of, you know, a lot of a lot of teams will tell you that. Yeah. So that's kind of a that's kind of an interesting situation here. And they did it back to back days. This wasn't a one-off thing. This wasn't a, you know, this was a back to back day thing where they, they decided and who, you know, whose ever idea this is, whether it's, whether it's Shelton specifically, or it's, um, what's his name? Gosh, I knew I was going to forget it. Just literally had a conversation, uh, on Twitter about this too. Um, Radley Haddad with the, with the planning and the strategy. And all that. Oh. So is that one of his things that he zeroed in on and told Shelton about? And Shelton saying, I think this is great data. Let's go with this. Or is this, you know, maybe just situational? Maybe like, well, we did it yesterday and it worked out. So we decided to do it today. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I don't know. But either way, in my opinion, like you're going to need an inning from that guy anyway. And I don't know. I don't know if, if this isn't the way to go. I don't know. I think that this Manfred runner throws things off. Yeah. And maybe this is one of the ways that they react to it. Don't get your closer in these situations that are awful. Let somebody else take the hit for that. 
I think that's kind of babying them. I'd rather have my best pitcher, like when right. you think of it that way. But at the same time, I don't know. It's really interesting to me. Really interesting. I think I think not having Will Crow throw in in six games is just unfortunate for Will Crow, but it's just a, a, a pat on the back, really, to these starters getting through six innings. Yeah, because you we know, said up the innings. That's that's his role. Mm-hmm. And and because that's his role, if the starters are going good, he's going to have to get put into these types of situations. And I still think he's capable of getting out of them. The fact that he, you know, the fact that he didn't do it last year, I think is, I think it's just unfair because he was already overused. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he'll ever be good at it, but I don't think that he's proven that he's not yet because I don't think that we've given him a fair chance. Not that I even think we need to. I think he has a place that he's good at. Okay, we're going too far mm-hmm. in this. We're yeah. going too far in this. <sighs> we're, we're, we're getting to the point now where we're, we're going to start repeating ourselves. So let's look forward to the next three days here. We start off the week finishing up our road trip in Denver. Rockies are in last place right now in the West. Um, probably a place to end the season. <laughs> They've lost their last five games. They were swept by the Mariners just now, and then actually they just played the Cardinals before that in Colorado. They won the first game and lost the second two against the Cardinals, and then three against the Mariners. They've lost their 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 fifth in a row today. Uh, tomorrow, today, Monday, Rich Hill versus Kyle Freeland. Kyle Freeland has been good, mm-hmm. so this will be a big matchup. Um, he's been very good. He did not even give up a run in his first two starts, and he gave up two runs against St. Louis in six innings on Tuesday um, on their way to losing that game. Uh, but he's 2-0, so they coughed it up late. And then our guy Vinny goes up against Jose Urania. Uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, Urania hasn't gotten out of the third inning, uh, has only gotten out of the third inning in his third start this season. <laughs> He's given up five home runs already, two in each of his last two starts. He's a 990 ERA so far this year. That's either good for us or he's due. Same can be said for Austin Gomber, who we face on Wednesday. Oviedo coming off of the start that he just had. Um, Gomber's given up five runs in each of his last two starts, (laughs) and he didn't get out of the fourth inning in his last outing. So they've got some pitching woes going on right now in Colorado. Some starting pitching was we have some starting uh, momentum right now. Let's go get a series win here. That's the goal. Yeah, let's 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 see our offense actually click with runners on. Yeah, you know, let's let's string some hits together. That's that seems to be something that we're not not, not struggling with, but that's that's the one little hiccup we've had. Well, it's a it is it's a struggle with it's it's one of those things like if you're gonna be a good team you've got to start hitting with runners in scoring position and I think that mm-hmm. you know we're playing good baseball but the one thing that we're still kind of missing is that's been a consistent thing all year is runners in scoring position they're not faring well even even today uh, one for ten uh, just looking at that you know what I mean like you can mm-hmm. look at that stat every single day um, except for Saturday. For whatever reason, why? Is, oh, there it is. I'm sorry. Um, runners in scoring position, two for seven. We're just starting to go through these these games here. Runners in scoring position, one for seven, and one for ten. That's the four games there. Yeah. Now it's harder to hit with runners in scoring position. Obviously, pitchers still have the um, still have the upper hand here. I mean, you look at the Cardinals' runners in scoring position; those numbers aren't going to be great either. 
right now. Right. Cardinals aren't playing great baseball. Um, but anyway, it should be a series win here. I, I realistically think you, if, if you win the first game, your plan has to be to sweep this series. Yeah. I don't care what I think the Pirates are made of. I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not sitting here saying like, yeah. yeah, we're definitely going to the playoffs. I'm not saying we're going to the playoffs. Right. But right now, when you're playing good baseball, in your head, you start to think, if we're going to be a good team, these are series that you got to kind of think about sweeping. Yeah, and even even there's just the series win. This is a this is a team that you should yeah. go in and you should be able to win the series. Those are the types of series that in the in the past we've we've always struggled with. Like yep. we'll play good again, we sweep the Dodgers on the road, but then we lose to a team that we definitely shouldn't lose to. Yeah. It's just like oh, that's the frustrating part about this team and this is the chance this is our chance to start doing that. Let's we should be able to beat this team. Let's go beat them. That's right. That's right. Um, let's hope that the next time we talk to you guys, we're in a good mood. Yeah. And that that happened. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for tonight, guys. Have a great three days. We'll talk to you, or four days, I guess, because we won't release till Friday. But another weird series uh, where we're going to be either recording during a game or whatever. So, yeah. All right. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!